episode of Over the Curb podcast, a Formula One podcast by fans, old and new, for Formula One fans, old and new. Joining me again today are my two very good friends and part of the team, Takoni and Honey Badger. Hey guys. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. And finally, today we are doing a Drive to Survive Season 4 review. We are late, we realized that, but we had to take our time first to process through the series, just to like follow through and watch all the episode and then to collect our thoughts. This is the last thing of 2021 that we will be talking about. Yes. But somehow it keeps coming through our conversations. <laughs> somehow yeah, because it is, so, wait, so the thing is that it, no matter how much we try once or twice, we will have a at least a 10 second, 1 minute discussion about it. Exactly. It's what is that range? Dude? 10 second, 1 minute, that's that's a very bad range. Like No, so the thing is that when I say 10 second, it's like someone mentions it and then uh, someone changes that. And then I edit the next 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, that's what I did not want everyone to know, but okay, now. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, All right, and we start with episode two, <laughs> the McLaren rivalry. Yes, the rivalry we did not know existed. <laughs> I think I really think Netflix has something against Lando Norris because last year there was a rivalry between oh, him yeah, and Carlos Sainz. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. so I I have a point here. At least Lando has said something, you know not so positive about uh, Danny Rick last, last season uh, by giving out statements like I don't feel sympathy for uh, Daniel at any point of time. So he has given this statement, right? And uh, you can see they are not, they didn't get along well. I mean, I I don't see any wrong Netflix used this and uh, created a, you know, like pseudo rivalry between them, like showing see, them as enemies. Like... There, no, there is no friendship, but there is also not no animosity. See, uh-huh. that's can... fine. That's fine. Yeah, my, but... my problem is, so the last last time, no, I, I think 2020 season, season three, Carlos and uh, <laughs> Lando were racing together. They were such good friends. They, have, they were having uh, the time of their life and still... Still, Netflix, Netflix yeah. somehow <laughs> yeah. portrayed them as enemies. And and to my surprise, half of the US people believed it. Yeah, and not even thinking about the fact that we have an entire hashtag for those two. Carlando. Hashtag Carlando. Carlando. Yeah. Yeah. Carlando. The one true pair of Formula One. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't know. Even if you remember that race, uh, the one to finish of McLaren, even for that, they uh, they showed something, right? That Lando wanted to finish first and did not get or something. No, no, that happened. That actually happened. Like, those, those radio conversations were actually broadcasted on TV as well. And I was... So, yeah, yeah. yeah Lando yeah. was quicker. No. He, he was... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Lando was quicker and he was asked... He just asked one time... Uh, yeah. the race engineer whether uh, they had he to take a call on it or not yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but, and uh, the team said but, that it, right now it's better for us to stay in the, the order that yeah. hold the position yeah exactly. yeah but this happened only once right the way netflix portrayed it is like lando is not happy with uh, giving daniel the podium and all and i'm like that's not how it works if you say this about valtteri i understand no he wasn't 100% but i mean 
he so liked he the podium. The he, if you remember the post uh, interview, like you know the post race interview and everything, where he said that yeah, I'm I'm not happy, but like happy for me, but I'm really happy for the team that we got a one to finish after a very long time and everything. So he has admitted that that he was not hundred percent happy with the decision. But he is still happy that the team got a one-two. Like I have fun fact. Any, yeah, fun fact. That was the only one-two finish by any team in that season. Season, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was a big deal, one-two. And there was one, uh, I think, uh, some video that McLaren released where they both were like, like Daniel and Lando were talking about Monza, and uh, Lando said that that was my best finish in Formula One, and somehow everybody forgot that. Because it was Daniel, <laughs> Danny Rick's uh, redemption. <laughs> redemption, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. So I mean, let's let's combine episode two and five because episode five was Ricardo and Monza and the entire race. There was uh, way too much uh, light given to that uh, wave in Monaco when Lando. I am so Lando tired Lab. of seeing Monaco this time, uh, these many times throughout the series. Oh, oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh. We will get to that. Um, but uh, uh, I don't think it was meant in a in a way where Lando was making fun of Ricardo. I think it was just Lando showing his appreciation for letting for for Danny Rick letting him pass. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, he would have had to. He couldn't have raced because he was getting blue flags. If he ignored the blue flags, he would have gotten a more severe penalty. But that's a very heartbreaking scenario, right? Uh, if you are a driver and yeah. you are racing and uh, your uh, teammate is, you know, lapping your car, that's yeah, a very heartbreaking sight. I don't know what happened to Ricardo in McLaren's first season. He's actually good driving around in monaco yeah but... i mean there was a throwback to 2018 also and christian horner yeah. was gracious enough to say that we know what daniel has done and i i think uh, 2018 monaco nobody can forget what daniel daniel did but you know why it happened because you can't 2016. overtake in monaco had that happened on any other track daniel couldn't have uh, retained his position for that long so In episode two, I Lando was asked uh, uh, about Carlos Sainz. Yeah. So his entire move to Ferrari. So he was uh, Lando Norris was asked whether uh, why did he move purely there? because of yeah it was cash. was it purely because of cash? He said Lando was yeah it was very jokingly said. But so okay. do you really really think Carlos went there because of cash or did Carlos have a doubt back then when he was joining that he would be just a filler at Ferrari until Mick gets ready and he still went. Mm. No, I think he went for the sentimental issues. Didn't his dad also drive for Ferrari, Carlos Senior? Not sure. But I mean, I I also think that his move could have also been because, like, it's Ferrari. Everybody and all of these drivers, they have grown up in the era of Michael Schumacher. They've they've seen Michael Schumacher do Michael Schumacher things in Ferrari. They've seen and Ferrari is. I mean, it's Ferrari. Mm, you know what I'm trying to say. Like McLaren is again like the second. 
second most successful constructor in the sport mclaren also has a very rich history but it's ferrari okay i don't i i, I don't know i i think uh, maybe maybe carlos was in a mclaren when mclaren was not in a position to be fighting for race wins and i mean uh, they had an he had an exciting exciting project ahead uh, he know mclaren are uh, un- unlocking the potential of that out of that car but uh, suddenly yeah you, you can say that it, it's a it's ferrari why can't why don't you take it you can say that things but uh, you know back of his mind he has fear that he would be just a filler until mick arrives at ferrari right mm, would it yeah uh, see i i think it could also be that filler thing he would be thinking but i think the main motive of the move could have been the new regulations because ferrari has been talking about the new regulation and them making an amazing car since 2 3 years now i think since the regulations have been announced and yeah. the cap and everything has been announced since then they have been talking and screaming about all these things so i think it could also be the fact that they you know want to uh, like he wants to when he wants to compete for that bit and he could not have seen that from mclaren so he went where he could find that mercedes and red bull are not going to take him so he went to the third best option because if you see right now the best team on the grid is ferrari yeah yeah, yeah. for now for now but still i mean the thing is that they have been talking about this since 2 3 years now they have been only talking about what they will be doing after regulation ferrari has been doing that and that could be the reason why he Uh, you know went there okay let's say uh, in 2020 so signs was announced to drive for ferrari from 2021 season right yeah let's say mick came to uh, f1 in 2021 and he had a season like the one charles had in 2018 okay mm. what if ferrari suddenly decide to get mick in then where would signs end up do you think they will remove signs or they will remove leclerc no charles no no charles no, is they, not going anywhere charles is not going anywhere like even with the new regs I think Charles is outperforming Carlos right now. Science is the one who came out of the blue because he was not a Ferrari academy driver. Yeah, he was a Red Bull. Red driver. Bull driver. Red Bull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was surprise for everyone. Actually, I thought that uh, Ferrari moved uh, Science Ferrari moved to I mean Science moved to Ferrari was a bit a little bit risky at that point of time. So, but now it's paying off. That's an another uh, discussion altogether. But I thought it was a it was risky back then. I mean, we'll yep. find out. Yeah, I'm also like a little skeptical of this. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. See, that's why we need more teams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many drivers who can. be racing in formula 1 who are not anymore because there are no seats nico hulkenberg <laughs> let's go to haas ah, how <laughs> amazing were the photo no. shoots that steiner did for whatever brand it was i forgot the name oh that cabin that uh, yeah, cabin sauna whatever <laughs> viral viral they went viral on the internet Yeah, and that th- those templates are being used as like crazy memes, especially memes, with yeah, the yeah, yeah. Haas performance this year. <laughs> China ship. China ship. But I mean, I I wanna uh, I know Haas is Gunther deserves an episode of his own, and we will do it. But uh, I I think I need to talk about we need to talk about Nikita Mazepin. Mm. <sighs> I am amazed to see how both the Mazepins cried over Mick Schumacher. 
I am literally amazed to see them. You know, bitching, back bitching and all. Thinking that the car is more uh, powerful than uh, uh, which they have with mass spin. I don't know yeah, what they, they were like, thinking. Yeah, they were like, build me a new car. Like, the only way we can do it is you build me a new car. And I'm like, wow. Talk about entitlement. Wow. And then there is a, there is a, there is a cut to like, make talking to the cameras. Make it like... Uh, even if you have the same car if you don't do the right things you're not going to win the races and like my man knows how to shut things up <laughs> <laughs> see and and this is the difference between a businessman and a proper uh, person Racer. who knows racing right jean yeah. has and uh, the daddy maspin you can see the difference i mean jean has he knows how racing works he invests he remains silent how hard it is for them to digest things when every race something or the other is happening they're finishing at the back of the pack yeah yeah but jean somehow doesn't show the emotions or doesn't come out publicly he knows how to hide things. it exactly exactly and on the other hand daddy daddy maspin is being all cocky about uh, mick schumacher having a better uh, car i think it's papa maspin just being a dad because he is not going to admit on camera that his son is not a good racing driver obviously then at one point you have to understand that right that your son legit just spins on the track it has nothing to do with the car it is something to do with this idiot not being able to control it that's the thing with businessmen man they make so much money they think anything can everything can be bought by money skill can't uh, and <laughs> them thinking mick was uh, like a championship winning thing i mean it's too early to say but not in the house i mean it's i haas, current house uh, like this maybe. year haas is performing so well because it's not ural kari is it possible or is it just purely the ferrari engine doing so good a lot of it is ferrari engine but i i think they are performing well because they have kevin magnussen in one seat i think yeah. it is if it was mick and nikita pairing i i don't think they would be finishing in points agreed agreed because mazepin is not was not performing better than mick and mick is finishing outside the points he's finished 11th in one race and mick is still a long way to be uh, deemed as somebody who's going to be winning championships and this and that i think he needs to stay in a car like haas and just grow learn as much as he can and, and le- until the time he's ready for that ferrari seat he's exactly. he is going to go to that ferrari seat it's kind of late into f1 compared to max yeah i mean yeah what can we do again there are only 20 seats that's the fucking problem and <laughs> it's what can we do like i i think at least before there were drivers who would retire after like uh, reaching their 30s 35 we still have fernando alonso who's doing so well he's 40 now age is Kimi. not an issue anymore kimi we have vettel we have hamilton these are like people who become so old but they're not slowing down they are they are still giving it all they have and they are putting in good performances they are outperforming this new kid yeah. exactly. it is not a case in the initial days like we used to see that you know the new guy will then start dominating the things but now to Yeah. so uh, things are changing and i think with 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 the way the sports is evolving and with the sport the way the drivers are evolving there is a need to have more teams rather than having more races stefano if you're listening no more addition of number of races man add more fucking teams 
what are you doing and also please cancel jeda yaar jeda yeah cancel jeda yeah instead of spas cancel jeda yeah okay but uh, the nikita mazepin redemption let's talk about his redemption because <laughs> his redemption wow. was him unlapping himself <laughs> five cars on the grid had lapped him <laughs> that's his redemption oh my god that's the only redemption you can have in a house That is the funniest incident of my life. I don't know how the engineer said that with a straight face. I have no idea. Yeah, and like this entire thing of like he built, beat Mick Schumacher. Mick retired. Mick retired <laughs> from that race. <laughs> It was Russia, right? Yeah. Why, <laughs> man? He didn't score a point. Finished some sixteenth or seventeenth. No. His entire redemption story is that he knows how the clouds in Russia work. <laughs> you know when uh, Russia knows back. how the clouds in Russia work. I am shocked. How did this happen? He he, he explains it uh, when I'm coming from coming back from uh, back from school. I see these clouds. I don't know. I know how the rain falls. He was explaining it. <laughs> he beat two people in that race and Nicholas Latifi and both of them were drivers who did who did not finish the race like that's his redemption uh mazepin i just have to say one thing about him that he i am sad that he has like he had the way he had to go from f1 because of the entire i was i was about to say so all being said and done i didn't want mazepin to leave it uh, leave from f1 f1 in that manner Yeah, in that manner, I'm very sad. Like if uh, Haas yeah, yeah. picked him, like you know, because of his poor performance and all, I would have been very much okay. Like I would have been way more happy and everything. But the way it happened, I don't know. I mean, he's turning into a hero now, which I, I don't mean, want. It's always there is always going to be collateral damage, man. I know what happened. The the way Mazepin lost his seat was was not good, but. In a way, I think it's good because would have hurt his career far more if Haas, as a team, had said that Mazepin is not performing in our car. That's why we have to let him go. Like at least right now, he's a hero because he's a collateral damage in a war that nobody wanted except Putin. Yeah, but I mean, uh... do you not agree? Like, I mean, we we saw the entire season that Mazepin was not performing at all. Like. It yeah, it shows because his redemption is basically pitting for tires two laps earlier. That's his that's his redemption. Like there is no what, content. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like if if you know now what's happening is that my entire point is uh, like you know of being that Mazepin does not deserve that car. To it goes that okay was it fair to remove him this way? You know it goes to that way. Like I know he does not deserve that seat, but it just still kind of stings that. Damn it! He had to go that way. You know, he had to like he became the collateral of something he does not even want himself. So, uh, from what I could see from in this episode was that, which is why I say this: the reason Mazepin would not have succeeded this year also, despite the car being so good, because we've seen it, is because he does not have a drive to learn. Like that entire outsourcing of his poor performance on the car, be give yeah. a better car being given to make rather than just trying to figure out who, okay what is it what is it that I am missing because the car is capable of something because Mick is doing it. There the entire episode the narrative was that Mick was giving was being given a car that was better than Mazepin's. 
there was no point in that episode where i saw that nikita madripoor is actually looking beyond this and like just introspecting and trying to learn and understand what he can do better so if nikita madripoor had been in this season the has would have been again back of the back of the pack despite the fact that the car is actually good this year okay genuine question do you think the whole russia and ukraine situation helped gunther to throw off mazepin from haas definitely definitely it was no secret that haas signed mazepin for the money and the moment the sanctions were announced it became clear that there would there would be problems it wasn't 100% sure if there would be problems but it became clear that there might be problems with the payments that they could receive and haas had a haas got good pr they were like okay the minute we got to know that this war is happening they removed your alkali uh, uh, from their livery and then um, sure they did not jump the gun in making that decision but i think uh, the minute the entire war started it was very clear that russian drivers will not be able to because it wasn't just about the money with with the european union and us uh, slapping so many sanctions and making it difficult for russian passport holders to even enter their country how would he go to the uh, to have the calendar races like yeah. uk made it very clear they're not going to let russian uh, people enter their country right he's a russian passport holder if he had mm. another pa- passport maybe something could have been worked out but it he would not have been able to go to half the races in a sense yeah i mean i think it's yeah. better for him to get kicked out because of this war rather than has a, a team that has been at the back for so long saying that mazepin is not doing good in our car when the best result that they could have achieved was 12th okay okay all right uh anything else to add on mazes pin <laughs> no we have talked too much yeah. about it uh, all right coming to everybody's favorite episode okay because i want to save williams and uh, george and valtteri for the end so now we are going to talk about yuki <laughs> okay that was not my favorite to begin with why which episode was your favorite episode Russell and Bottas episode was more engaging than uh, Yuki episode. Ah, same, same. That episode was literally edge and edge. Yeah. All right. All was, right. Okay. Okay. It was okay. way more engaging than Yuki episode. Exactly. For me, same. Yuki adjusting to UK was the best thing ever. <laughs> okay. So funny. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> there is this expression right when he eats that uh, fish and chips yeah <laughs> for the first time that's a off- that's a very awkward uh, expression when he was asked how do how do you like it yeah and <laughs> the most relatable part in that episode was you know that scene where uh, yuki is sitting with his team and like they're having a session inside where they're like looking at uh, a laptop screen and discussing the track and how to and uh, yuki is just yawning, yawning and i'm like uh, been there man i i totally understand <laughs> i don't judge you one bit but you should be interested right only then you can be a lewis hamilton right yeah i mean sure but everybody learns differently 
Okay, okay. Coming back to Yuki, and I think this was also the episode where they covered Ocon, right? Ocon, yes. Yeah. Yuki is a good driver. Like for his first season, dude has done good. I won't say he did amazing. He has done pretty good compared to a lot of uh, other rookie drivers. drivers. Yeah. yeah, compared to a lot of other rookie drivers, he has done pretty good. He was in a better car, so like you know, from most other fair uh, drivers, but. Yeah, I mean, I like also the defending. If you remember versus Lewis. Yeah, hungry, right? Yeah. Oh, boy, Yuki killed that day. Oh, it was amazing. It was really amazing. So yeah, I like. I pretty. I like for his first season. I am. Yeah, he did impress me a lot. Yuki is the comic relief we needed in <laughs> trying to survive. Well, yeah. For me, comic relief is Nikita Mazepin. <laughs> Hands down. I laughed at this episode heart out. <laughs> no, no other episode was funny than that episode. My entire uh, like expression of my face entire time I was watching for uh, like try to survive, and then once it was done, was are you fucking kidding me? Like that was my reaction for every every episode except this one. Yuki is like Yuki is the guy who wanted to gain as much as he could without any yes. pain. <laughs> Did not want to train. Does not want to sit through lectures. <laughs> Yuki is so funny, and he's like he's so he's so unfiltered. Like he's talking about taking a dump, and like it's just like. Yeah. Okay. Cool. He's not polished. Like we saw the raw, rook, uh, the raw he's, rookie he's that is Yuki. Yeah, he's basically a kid in his talk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it shows. He's what, twenty one, twenty two. He's very young, right? Twenty two. Yeah. Twenty two. Yeah. What do you guys think about Ocon? I love Ocon. Ocon. We all we all love Ocon. Yeah. It's not even yeah, a question. Yeah. Okay. Then, what about Ocon? Yeah, but the the way they covered it, they were like Cyril is gone, so Con seat is in danger. This that. Hmm. Obviously, Cyril was the one who bought, who uh, who brought, who convinced Ocon actually, uh, to come come to Renault. Or yeah. else, uh, I think Ocon will be would be, would have been going back to some other team, maybe a Mercedes powered team. Actually, yeah, Toto was also when Ocon uh, got back into F1, he was. I think he told that. Uh, For now, he'll be a Renault driver, but uh, uh, surely he'll be into Mercedes-powered uh, cars again. I think something he has said something like this on the similar lines. So, do you do you think Ocon's future is in danger? It is. Mm. I think it is. I think it 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 surely is. Like he needs to prove himself this season. He definitely. When he did it in Saudi. This season? I don't think. Yeah, this season. This no, season. I don't think fifth, sixth is what uh, Alpine would be looking for. I think they no, would. No, no, I'm talking about it. beating Alonso and like at least getting his elbows out against a guy like Alonso. But I think they now want a podium from Ocon and Alonso. I think Alonso himself is in danger right now because see, if Alpine doesn't get the results, they have uh, drivers like Fittipaldi. They have you know other drivers who are waiting to get a shot and who are not afraid like. I think they might drive better than these guys because the thing is that they want to prove themselves, and these two are not pulling their worth as of now. 
because I don't think that's what Alpine would want. They don't want to stay the mid-table team. Renault has always wanted to fight for the top three. Yeah, uh, they... but I mean, we, we, we've heard it from them in the interviews, right? They are extracting what that car is capable of. They are driving that car to the limit. That car is slower than the other cars. You can't do anything about no, it. No, you don't say that. See, if you remember, if you remember the final, uh, like even in Jeddah, the final uh, lap battle versus uh, McLaren, Ocon mm-hmm. was driving very fast. He did not do that way in the entire race. He could have battled Russell for the fourth position. He no, but could because have... he was battling. So that is teams. We we've talked about that was the team's fault. The team should have said that guys stop fighting amongst yourselves and attack George. They were busy fighting each other. They were busy no, fighting like each battle, other. Their battle ended after the first safety car. Their battle ended after the first safety car. After that, it was just a snooze fest for Russell because no one like Ocon was not going towards him. Like there was what a five ten second gap between those two. Which yeah, but that's what I'm saying, that that car is not capable of doing that performance. And the last lap battle, what you're talking about, I mean, we know McLaren is not even up to its full potential. So, I think they're doing just fine with in terms of where that car is right now. Because they're literally best of the rest. He finished sixth. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he finished sixth, yes. So, Russell was fifth, he finished sixth. But I think they won't uh, let go of Ocon that easily. Yes. So, do you think it will be Alonso's final year with Alpine? Maybe. Only Alonso can decide. Not the team. No, so Alonso has said that he's not going to go anywhere and, and for like another 2-3 years. Yeah, yeah. He already, he already said yeah. that. But there is... Uh, so, if you want to consider, apart from Pierre Gasly, there is one more French driver, exciting talent, uh, in the name of Theo Porcher in F2. Oh, yeah. So... For Renault want to go for a French driver, they can go for Theo Porsche also. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, I don't think uh, Ocon's future is as much as at stake as it was portrayed in the. I drama, 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 yeah. all drama. So we agree, it was all drama. Let's let's come to your favorite episodes. Yes. <laughs> so excited, huh? We're not talking yet about Valtteri and George. We're talking about episode 6, which was Williams. And I want to hear your thoughts about Jos Capito, the new CEO. So, we haven't seen Jose Capito talk or we don't know much about his personality last year when the races were going on, right? Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you guys get any chance to, you know, uh, see him on TV or something else? No, no, no. No, no. no right? He, he was completely off the... Uh, media so the moment i saw uh, the moment i finished watching episode six of williams i felt man this guy is very cool and uh, he has uh, motivated the whole team he is looking like this perfect team principal how come this guy how come we haven't uh, known anything about this guy until i saw the tep- uh, i saw this episode yeah he has the potential to be the next Gunther. Okay. <laughs> <Just in> <laughs> yeah, he's, so, a, he's a very spirited, um, energetic personality. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's one observation which I felt fascinating. So in that episode, he says that he 
says the he says some statements about the long walk to williams garage yeah he says that that long walk to that garage is shameful and uh, the successful teams get the shortest walk and uh, he wanted all the team uh, mechanics to walk through the gate and uh, while walking through the gate he wanted them to stop at a particular uh, garage and uh, imagine being there next year yeah um, i was like wow man where are you all these days why yeah, haven't you that is that is how you motivate a team right and exactly like, i have nothing but love for williams family but in the first three seasons if you look at claire williams interviews in right to survive okay It, it's, it's all about yeah it's all about sentimentality it's all nostalgia the legacy of williams and the fact that it's so difficult to compete as a smaller team this that and i i think that change in energy that he brought to the team uh, we we saw the results of it like we got points in hungary there was spa also but uh, let's not talk about spa but there's just so many positives that can come out of a leader has to know how to motivate their team and i think he brings that energy to williams and i'm now i'm after i watched that episode i was like yeah okay you know what now i'm actually excited about seeing where williams goes because now they have a person at the helm who's who's not afraid to take risks he's not afraid to try new things and more than that he's not afraid to fail on doing something new Yeah, exactly, exactly. Wow! I after watching that episode, I felt like wow, this is the guy. So if I if I was racing at any team, which is constantly finishing ninetieth and then twentieth in the constant, I mean, in every race, I would want a guy like him to be my team principal. Yeah. He felt he felt like a the perfect team principal you could ever ask for. Yeah, and I I think also with the the way he does these things no it also instills a lot of confidence in the team that is working on the ground because if he's asking them to ask that question to themselves themselves he's yeah showing yeah. showing it clearly that he has an ambition but it's not an ambition uh, that is not rooted in reality he's not Basically, saying that you have to stop at the first one they're like take the walk but realistically think where do you want to see yourself next year and uh, i just hope they get better drivers man yep Agreed. i think this i mean uh, with this team like albon and latifi they can get um, like you know if they get a little better car they might uh, get better because the thing is that both of these driver latifi i don't know but albon is here to prove himself like we see i see a little hope in him but i not a lot but a little hope in albon so let's hope for the best let's i hope he gets better now albon i mean we'll find out yeah we will have to also let's take a moment to feel sorry for williams family uh, i think it would have been a very tough decision for claire williams to walk out yeah. of that team give up yeah yeah give up something that she's grown up with and something that his father built from scratch would have been very tough and also I I think I have said it in previous episodes also and I want to you know restate that fact that uh, the new company which took over Williams yeah uh, uh, agreeing to yeah Doralton Capital agreeing to you know uh, race under the under, the, yeah. under the Williams name that's 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 very touching actually yeah i mean it's just an expression of 
recognition of what sir frank williams built exactly exactly and uh, at the end of the episode also when george says uh, williams will be racing on or the name of williams will be continuing something like that yeah it was it was i felt a little bit emotional you know knowing about the history and all yeah and of course like the the episode was dedicated to sir frank who frank yeah way. all right there's so all much right, sentiments fine. around the williams man it's, yeah it's... but i'm excited for their future i i think as their leader they needed somebody like capito to come in yeah. yeah all right let's move to the episode that you guys are clearly waiting to talk about <laughs> rushing through everything else um valtry okay. potas and george russell before before going to that episode i just want mm-hmm. to ask you uh, ask you both what is the major difference between potas and russell passion one of them is beating lewis <laughs> or now okay no, you know I what net passion okay 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 put these all the serious talk to side what netflix wanted to show ah. what netflix decided to show the difference between botas and russell did you guys observe that uh. young blood i mean uh, that age well i think no, no the british thing no i'll tell you <laughs> season 3 we saw botas as naked but oh. season 4 russell's as not naked oh, oh god <laughs> That's oh. the only difference, guys. I got into Netflix. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's pretty amazing that George even jokes about it in the yeah. episode. Okay, okay but I, okay. Uh, I want to ask you: Is there really a rivalry? Was there really a rivalry between the two of them? It no. was. No, it was. I think uh, George Russell himself uh, admitted it. Yeah. But was it, it was... a rivalry? See, the thing is that you know Russell has. been always eyeing for that for that seat for that Botaska yeah. seat okay it is no one uh, like you know it was not hidden from anyone everyone knew that this will eventually happen so i don't think it was rivalry it was more about passion and the drive for that seat and even botas did not want to leave that seat i don't think it was rivalry it was pure passion about one's own career and the that entire incident of uh, russell banging into botas uh, that race imola no not imola which race was that imola imola only it was imola yeah so in imola so it was i don't think it was you know uh, he did it to hurt or maybe it was done by by vengeance or something i don't think it was that i seriously don't think it was that okay i still don't actually know what happened in that uh, crash was it george's fault or uh... so george tried to take the turn from outside and valtteri was still uh, following the race line okay yeah and they just crashed into each other so he went on to the grass right both of them yeah both of them retired no 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 so like he's asking how the trying... crash happened right yeah exactly remember. so when russell was overtaking botas botas came to right and uh, russell went on to grass that made then Same he lost sense. the control yeah. of the car and yeah. crashed into botas yeah. right yes so i don't blame george entirely for it exactly my point but that the way netflix showed it was that it was entirely russell's fault and i'm like no this happens in race every time every other every second third race we see this 
happening when the drivers they don't want to quit they don't want to give the race they are also racing you don't expect the drivers to just give up the position you know this incident is ignored a lot yeah. they haven't shown many replays like the other shows other uh, other incidents no no like, it was shown a lot and even uh, like profty and everyone was talking about how this is the new spawn of rivalry and what not and i am like guys please don't make something out of nothing because no 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 i meant in terms of camera angles and all maybe during the race but i don't think netflix included all the camera angles in no the netflix did not netflix just showed it once and then they went into do you think toto will take a driver who dq'd or something like that I, that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that I'm, 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 that's that's what i'm trying to understand do you think that one incident could create so much doubt in toto's mind no nah, that's all George drama Russell. no right? exactly my point that's all and drama also uh, one thing i want to understand wasn't alfa Ro- uh, like botas's move to alfa romeo announced first no 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 yeah it first was mercedes no it was mercedes it was mercedes so mercedes. Uh, uh, after mercedes botas announced uh, for no uh, yeah. i definitely remember that botas's um, move to alfa romeo was announced first and then we were just waiting for mercedes to announce george russell in that seat okay just confirmed an official yeah 6th and 7th but the news that valtteri was in talks with alfa romeo and is likely going to sign with them came way early before like mercedes announced anything about yeah june june it was in june but my point is that alfa romeo announcement came first yeah which means that at least botas knew that he would not be in that mercedes they building this entire thing as if toto has to decide between george and valtteri I don't think Valtteri even wanted to stay at Mercedes. Coming to Mercedes and Red Bull, I don't know what to say about it because that whole rivalry is a crazy, crazy, crazy thing. Because if you think about it, like both of them, both the teams were going for glory, and it was a glory like no other. Yeah, I've already told that uh, Christian. Whenever Christian Horner appeared on the screen, I was like. Okay, man, I get you. You hate Mercedes. Get lost from this episode. Actually, That's what my feeling. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I want to talk about that. Has anyone from Red Bull spoken anything which is not Mercedes related? No, 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 no. no. Not at all. I don't understand. Why don't you talk about your car? Why don't you talk about your developments? Why don't you talk about your thing? Why is has it always something about? Mercedes did this. Mercedes did that. They yeah, they always do this. They always do that. Why not talk about your goddamn car? Yeah, and in the entire thing of like in the first episode where he's like, "How long do I have to listen to this?" and uh, uh, I think even Monaco episode where he's talking about uh, Lewis's face in that Mercedes. We know that Mercedes was not the strongest car in the start of the season. Um, it was the emotion behind it it wasn't i i, I think I, i take this a little too seriously because i always uh, i have always been a sports person i'm like mutual respect and this and that and sportsmanship and all these things but there were legit some things that i, I was like the, nothing can now redeem christian horner for me like it's done 
he can't do anything that is going to make me change my opinion about what kind of a person he is sure all right the one good thing that uh, i really liked in those episodes was todo wolf accepting that uh, he was wrong to be against kalo yeah 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 i was i was actually genuinely very happy to see that he was the one and again like when you looked at those episodes because they largely covered uh, mercedes and red bull together red bull is all just shit talking mercedes and mercedes is all like okay we've made these mistakes we have to bounce back this is what we are going to do that automatically for me at least creates this this image of you know red bull always being the nagging one and mercedes also always being like uh, we are going to take the high road and just focus yeah. on ourselves same for me and i'm glad that max was not a part of this series uh, not because i don't like him or anything but because you know as somebody who started watching formula 1 after drive to survive uh, yeah i was not the biggest max verstappen fan and i think had he been a part of this and the way uh, red bull's entire um, attitude towards mercedes had been the last year i think even max verstappen i would have been like man you i can't i can't have any respect for you and they, they did a lot of it in uh, after what happened in abu dhabi and <clears throat> the one bad thing about the episodes was how can you not cover abu dhabi more <laughs> elaborately the entire thing happened because they wanted to give you a killer season and you're like ah okay this happened max verstappen is the world champion okay and then uh, toto will comes with like maleficent like the disney uh, disney villain vibes and he's like everybody has got a target on their backs now and done and i'm like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> like at least give us a good drama out of it <laughs> nope all the things that drive to survive missed vettel's podium alonso you know Alonso no, no, no. So, talking about Vettel, I don't know why he wasn't shown. Did he choose to opt out from the show, or to be out of the show? No, no. Vettel said that he would. Uh, he does not mind. He think. does not mind. I, I don't. I don't think Vettel has made any official comments on. Yeah. Choosing to be out of Drive to Survive. I, I know I am exaggerating this, but uh, <laughs> Hamilton's dog has more screen space than Vettel. then vettel yeah you're not exaggerating that is actually true very bad yeah i, I think uh, vettel's uh, performance in grill the grid where he got all 70 champions names yeah, correct yeah. that correct. only uh, <laughs> deserved at least a 5 minute segment on itself like exactly that man is an encyclopedia oh my god yeah. like i have seen that video so many times I just loved Vettel so much, and there was no Vettel in in this season. Oh, and like you know, when you think of it, there is so few seasons left for Vettel, and sooner or later he is going to retire. I hope that that day is later rather than sooner. But there is going to be a time when Vettel is going to retire. I don't know if I am ready for that. That I don't think I will cope well. Speaking of retirements, Kimi. There was no Kimi. There was no Kimi, no Giovinazzi, no yeah. Vettel, no, no Vettel, 
no alonzo alonzo is was there at least but Monaco multiple times this season. So tired. What did McLaren do to you? It has become the new horse of uh, DTS. You know, you remember in the first two seasons how the, how they used to show horse in yeah. multiple episodes. Gunther yeah. uh, Gunther Steiner especially. Yeah, I, I mean, got the same way. feeling. Man, why are you showing McLaren uh, again and again? Show me Aston Martin. They are, they haven't they don't have any episode, right? ஒரு so crazy and even i, I think they showed silverstone and also into two episodes yeah 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 sure it was a crazy race but i think the craziest part of that race was the crash between max and hamilton and then hamilton overtaking charles in the second last lap i think yeah yes, yes. and uh, in in monza also the whole pit stop where which led to them being in contact with at the first corner yeah, yeah. that was not shown man ferrari episode is completely absent right yeah, there was yeah. no there episode on no ferrari. ferrari only showed a little glimpse of it in that uh, then that what the fuck did they show in this season man so there were four four episodes that were red bull and mercedes and the rivalry and then we had two on mclaren we had one. two on williams one on haas and then one was uh, yuki mm-hmm. and ocon huh. i think i won't be watching drive to survive next season <laughs> I mean, for me, it depends on the season, but uh, yeah. I, oh, so I'll give you a context, okay? So, yeah. when this season got over, I told you that I don't know how they are going to put all this drama into 10 episodes. 10 I episodes. think this, this season also will be a disaster. And yeah, it was they failed. Rightly they, 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 failed. They, failed. they failed. I think rather than focusing so much on the Mercedes-Red Bull rivalry, they should have also given some focus on Ferrari. Nothing, like even Carlos Sainz's performance the Ferrari McLaren battle sure they they did show some tables where uh, McLaren and Ferrari and their points in the constructor championship but you can't miss you can't not show the other side of the story right if you're focusing so much on McLaren and uh, the entire thing of Zac Brown is that we want to be third in the constructor and the big battle is against Ferrari then show ferrari as well that's what i was talking about about the mclaren thing i okay i i get it i love rick uh, i love danny rick but how much you have 10 episodes okay you have to cover everything in the season and you are giving me mclaren after mclaren after mclaren every episode why yeah, I, yeah. you know if if you see it all the content it was in the only first half of the season no there was a jedi episode in the end and then except the was... last three except the last three yeah. so, so they okay. haven't jedi yeah, 
Jada. Yeah, I mean the entire coverage of Russia was from Haas's point of view, and Russia as a race should have been covered because exactly. that race was filled exactly. with so many like Lando, Carlos, uh, Hamilton finally winning it, Lando not pitting for Inters. There was so much, and they just blazed past everything, and it was like, oh, uh, Nikita Mazepin pitted. Two laps earlier, because he knows what the clouds in Russia are capable of. I'm like, what? Okay. Shall I tell uh, one more, uh, one more yeah, yeah, GP? Yeah. No, no, not one more actually. Ah, French GP is not that exciting, except for that. Uh, it was good. It was better than the previous seasons, but uh, it was not worthy of being on a episode. Austria was completely missed. Like, mm. yeah. they didn't even care to feature it, just for the sake of it. Also, nope, Austria not seen, and. Yeah. Which other track? I think that's it. Austria and French were the least shown. Even Brazil, they just showed that Lewis Hamilton won. Brazil, the, yes, yes, yes. Brazil GP. That's what that, that's what, that's what made me think. They have shot everything in the first half of the season and the last three races, obviously, because the championship battle was going on uh, uh, until that point. So they were excited. Okay, this could be a good content, and uh, they covered the last three GPs properly. Yeah, I mean, uh, of all the races that were in the second half, I think it was Monza, Jeddah, and uh, Abu Dhabi that they covered. They did not even give Qatar and Alonso's podium its due. Yeah. Baku deserved uh, an episode at least. Max retiring, Hamilton sucking it up. That last la- the last two lap battle between um, uh, Gasly and Charles and uh, Vettel getting his podium. Sergio Perez winning. Sergio Perez is second winning. Win. You yeah. remember who was on pole in Baku? Max was on pole, right? First lap, no. No, Leclerc. Charles was on. Charles was Leclerc. on. Leclerc. Oh, yeah. Charles yeah. was on pole. Yeah. Baku deserved its own episode. Russia deserved its own episode. Brazil, I would not say deserved an entire episode, but uh the focus on brazil should a lot of focus should have been given to the amazing drive that lewis hamilton did and uh i am glad zandvoort was was not part of i i am not the biggest fan of that track it's a very short track but it's fun to drive in game yeah fun to drive in game do esports on zandvoort don't, don't do that <laughs> all right do we have anything missing nah Just Netflix, just stop, stop inventing drama, man. Just try to, if you want to make it as a documentary, make it as a documentary. Talk about race strategies. Talk about, like, I think Netflix needs to fix a format. Either you divide the calendar where you're going to cover all the races in ten episodes, and in those episodes you cover all the teams, or at least the teams where the most was happening, or you denote. Ten episodes to ten teams each, and then you talk about what they did in the entire season. No, why ten episodes? Go for how many races are there? Twenty-three. Go for twenty-three yeah. episodes, half an hour each. Yeah, that is also true. I mean, but give give them for every name. race. Yeah. So for every race, you'll get the perspective from each uh, every team. That will be a good format, actually. Yeah. I mean, whatever it is, I I I think the first two seasons were still better than what the last two seasons have been, and I think that, uh, I I think the reason this shift 
is there is because Netflix knows that people are going to watch it. The first two seasons were made from a point of view where they wanted to get new fans. Now they know the new fans are here, and now they are just making a, a racing version of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. <laughs> That's exactly what it is because it's all drama, man. It's all drama. It's just it's back bitching and this and that and like it's just it's. just reality tv show now yep that's right this brings us to the end of this episode thank you guys for being here thank you everybody for listening if you like the episode uh leave a like follow us subscribe to the podcast share it with your friends if there is anything you want us to cover if you have any feedback or if you want to be a part of the podcast reach out to us on email at overthecurvepodcast@gmail.com you can also reach out to us on our socials uh on instagram at the rate over the curb podcast and on twitter at the rate over the curb pod thank you and until next week bye bye